Welcome to the GMS Podcast, brought to you by GMS Distribution. GMS specializes in temporary portable power distribution equipment for the restoration contractor. I am your host and owner of GMS, Jared Steer, and today I will be talking to my friends. Hey, there we go. And we are recording. I have on the phone today, Clint Janelle. Clint, how's it going, man? I am doing really well, brother. How are you? Dude, I'm doing so good. I'm doing good. Good. What, uh, well, I guess before we get started, um, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, let people know how you're involved in the industry, uh, yeah, and kind of kind of what, what you do. Yeah, so uh, I'll kind of give you the short version of the story, but uh, I've been involved in the industry since 94. Uh, I was one of the first mold inspectors recognized by the Texas Department of Health oh, wow. uh, before there was any real licensing and regulation or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, I was involved in writing remediation plans and beating up restoration guys that weren't doing their job well to ensure that they um, navigated uh, providing a clean environment back for their clients. So I did that um, um, mostly in the state of Texas, but a few other places outside of Texas uh, in, you know, mid nineties up until 2000. Okay. Um, I kind of stepped away from the industry for a little while uh, when, you know, the, the mold work got weird and, restaurants or insurance companies were pulling out of states and they were trying to figure out ways to kind of navigate charging premiums for mold coverage specifically. Okay. Uh, so I ventured out into a couple other things for a while, played around for a while and I got into some real estate and wound up losing my tail in real estate. I was heavily leveraged in 2008 when the market tanked. Yep. Um, yep. And I was in a position where people could go buy uh, homes out from under builders that were collapsing cheaper than they could continue leasing the homes that I was leasing them to purchase. Um, So that was one of those things that was very interesting time. Um, And I still had a bunch of connections in the restoration space. So I'd taken a little break and uh, knew that I needed to get into something that wasn't dependent as much on the economy. And lo and behold, Hurricane Ike hit Galveston in 2008. Uh, It wasn't that far for me. I knew the space. I knew the work. I knew how to do it. And, um, uh, jumped into that with my um, current business partner, Mark. Okay. And uh, went and chased went and chased uh, Ike down and and provided some uh, services to some residents in Galveston and took care of them. And uh, that led to uh, um, opening our restoration company, Mister Restore. So uh, I'm fortunate enough that I had some pretty good connections in Dallas, that uh, which is where I was living at the time. Okay. That. Um, allowed me to fall into some work pretty quickly in the restoration space. And we've been able to, to have a, you know, pretty solid little restoration company for, you know, just a little over a decade now growing and developing in the restoration space. So in 08, you go, you know, the, the housing market has turned and I, and I feel you, man, we took a, a, we were actually, me and my wife were, we were building a house. We were, I will not say our dream home, but it was a nice, we were, it was a nice home. We were excited about it. The first time I heard about housing market crash was when drywall was being delivered. Ugh. And my hours got cut in half, her hours got cut in half and we ended up we ended up t- having a short having a short sale that home. Um yeah, so it was yeah, it was a rough time. Um but anyway, sure so yeah, I, I feel you there. So yeah, in 08, so you guys go Hurricane Ike uh and now at this point are you are you just trying to stay busy and bring in some money or is this a long-term play and you know that, that this is the, you know, Mr. Restore and restorations where you want to go long-term? Well, so I knew, I knew that that space, that the restoration space isn't as contingent on the economy as other things, right? Like the automobile industry and, you know, the discretionary income industries. Um, I also was aware that people like me would, know, see opportunities in, in, in an environment where catastrophe is an issue and they're out of work and they're going to try to jump into spaces and try to make things happen. So you know, I wasn't blind to the fact that I wasn't going to be the only person doing this, but um, yeah. I'd looked at it and said, I think this is an opportunity. So my business partner still owned Amarillo Restoration, but okay. was currently working for another restoration company out of Waco. And with that company, he had been dealing with storm work. Um, so he had chased some other storms in earlier years uh, with that other company. And um, I was in a position to have knowledge about the catastrophe side, right? The, yeah. the, the chasing hurricane environment, um, just because of what I had done in the relationship with him. 
so had conversations with him. I actually picked up some equipment out of Amarillo uh, and headed to Galveston with it. And uh, just kind of the pieces fell into place the, for you. Yeah, it, with the idea of if it was going to work, this is a good opportunity, right? Like, yeah, I know the space. I, I think I can make this work. Let's jump off. Let's see what happens. Now, on the, the full transparency, initially, I thought we would be opening an office back in Amarillo. We were buying out his business partners after we kind of finished um, Ike. And it was like, hey, let's buy these guys out and let's move forward on growing something else. And the, the concept was to grow in Amarillo, which is about five and a half hours from Dallas. Um, because that's where I was from. I had some good connections there and I thought it would, I thought that would be, you know, the easiest jump off point. Okay. Uh, but relationships in Dallas and just the sheer volume of people here sure. made it so that, you know, you can fall into work pretty quickly. And, um, so we had a couple of, of really good jobs that landed in our lap early on. Uh, my first run at trying to do Xactimate on a, uh, structure fire was an apartment complex. It was about a, uh, for us, is about a $550,000 structure fire. It probably should have been somewhere north of $750,000, but I was an idiot and didn't know fully what I was doing. I also learned at that point that you need to save your work the entire time as you're going through Xactimate because it doesn't do it for you. You know, So you get $300,000 into line items and then close that thing or lose power and suddenly you start over. It's gone. Okay. And that's always a fun time. But we landed some work in Dallas after Ike, and uh, we've been off to the races since. Uh, and we've had some really good success in the restoration space. And we're not the biggest player, and even in the Dallas market, we're we're larger than most of the players here, smaller than several. But you know, for me, what my my real place in the industry, uh, although that is a place in the industry, is I recognize very quickly that I wasn't smart enough to navigate all the restoration space and keep up with the jobs that were landing in our lap. And so we were, we were in a spot where like literally Jared, there were, there were projects. I guarantee you for several years, we did a hundred thousand dollars worth of work that we paid all the services for paid our staff for and simply forgot or failed to bill for because we had yeah. too much going on. and didn't have a, a method or process to really keep it in check. And 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 do it well and and so that's what led to developing a project management software which is job docs and that's where most people in the industry know me from is because they see me at trade shows as job docs that's where uh, I know so you that's from. that's yeah. my space and you know that's that's me in the restoration space a restoration guy that was decent but not smart enough to really do it very well and had to build a software in order to keep track of my own crap um and that that's where i am man that's that's me now, did you have any any kind of background in the software space? How did you how did you go from setting up equipment or you know <laughs> plugging in numbers and Xactimate for fires to now you're building software? That seems like a big yeah, a, a big jump. Yeah, that's a that's a big jump, especially when you look at me. And if you're around me enough, you know that I can break every piece of technology that's out there. <laughs> um, hardly any of it ever works for me. It's interesting dynamic. Um, so yeah, like I, I so I'm not a developer. I'm not a coder. But I understood, like I built a whole bunch of spreadsheets out to make processes start to work and make that something that was viable for us. And so I'm building out, you know, Microsoft Access databases and the Excel spreadsheets. I have a brother that is um, a database architect for the U.S. government. And so I, ha I had some level of computer knowledge, but not a significant level of coding. Okay. So, but I realized I didn't want to have what I was trying to build. What I wanted to do was have something so that I could create a process flow for our company, but also have a method of being able to communicate to the clients. Because what I saw in the space was uh, people are removed from their home. They've gone through a catastrophe, a hurricane, they've gone through a structure fire, whatever the case may be, and they get kicked out of their home. And in some cases, they're out of their home for months at a time, and there's no real communication about what's happening. So that was one of the things yeah. I wanted to be able to, to give people the ability to communicate, to have communication with them. So they understand what we were doing, what was taking place, what, you know, was going on in their home on a regular basis. When you're saying you're having communication with the homeowner, you're not talking about like a physical or verbal communication. You're talking about a, a software, a technology communication. Yeah. Well, ultimately. Yeah. Right. So okay. what I was having to do was I was at the end of every day, I was having to shoot out emails and text messages or make phone calls to people to help them understand where things were. Okay. Um, and we were getting to the point where we were doing, you know, 300, 500 jobs a year. Right. And I couldn't keep track of all of that. I couldn't 
touched base with everybody on a regular basis and let them know exactly what the status of their project was. Right. Meet with my team and sit down and go, hey, where are we out on billing? Do we need to bill this out? You know, is this part wrapped up? Are we in a position on the reconstruction side where we're ready for our next draw check? Do we need to call the mortgage company for an inspection? There were just too many pieces to juggle. Right. And I couldn't keep up with all of it. So I needed something that would allow me to communicate better. Uh, with them and so that they would also know what the status was. So my team and my clients would have a better understanding of where the project stood. Gotcha. So that's yep. where it moved to digital, right? It became, okay, well, if I can create a system that will push notifications out to my clients and all I got to do is tap in a, a 15 second journal note that says, hey, met with the adjuster on site today and talked about the framing, he's approving the scope, right? Then that's something that they would receive. Yep. I was tracking my job that communication worked both for my team internally, but also for third parties externally. And that really helped us, you know, kind of streamline our operation and allow us to grow uh, on our restoration space where we were. I like uh, it. But yeah. man, I very quickly realized that I, I couldn't keep up with all of it. I couldn't keep track of it. And, and I knew I had to have something. So no, I wasn't a developer, but I realized I needed something and spreadsheets and access databases and all of that kind of stuff weren't sufficient to give everybody that needed to have insight into the, the project um, clarity, right? So you're, you're talking about like technology has advanced so much over the last decade, yes. but you know, wh when we started a lot of this, you were just now getting into people having iPhones, right? Like the right, smartphone wasn't, yeah. yeah, the smartphone wasn't really a super popular thing. So we're, we're going, okay, look, now we've got this, whole computer that's in our hand that we can enhance communication and uh, documentation pretty rapidly. And so we're like, let's not do, let's not do this in access database that somebody has to go to an office and carry a receipt, put in information and sit down in front of a computer and look up the status of a job. Let's build it into some form of program, some kind of website that allows us to access all of it from anywhere. And that's, that's honestly where it came from. So it's like a login, um, a login. Now anybody can get to it. Yeah. Dude, this is this is awesome. Okay, so like I know a little this you know what I know about job docs is you stand in their booth. That's that is like Yeah, yeah, sure. The, sure. That's pretty much And that's fair, the right? That, that's, that's fair. That's, job that's, docs. that's where you know me from is you know, trade shows, hey, I like these guys, they're nice, I like to hang out with them afterwards and do yeah. whatever. And and yeah. that's great. And and honestly, it's one of those things where it's like there's no real reason for you to have any real understanding of what's going on in that space for well, me, right? Like, what is my no, product? What am I doing? Exactly. I mean, there's, and that, and honestly, that's been one of the fun things about even doing this podcast is I've learned, I've learned more in this year of doing the podcast about our industry than I have in the last 10 years. I mean, just with, uh, just with the conversations that I'm able to have. And, and I mean, like this one, I'm excited to talk to you about job docs because dude, what a cool way to get started. So this is something <laughs> that, you know, you're, you're basically solving a problem, one of your problems in your company to make it better. And then while you're doing that, well, every company has this problem. Let's just solve, let's just solve this problem for everyone. But so now where do you go though? So you have this idea and you're putting these pieces together, but ultimately how does it turn into, I mean, is it, so it's, it's all website based. Everyone, everyone logs in how I, I guess I have yeah, so many so questions we, now, but uh, yeah, we, where do you go next? <laughs> when we first started, our original developer was an iOS developer. So it was all Apple-based. Okay. Um, and, and that's what he knew. That's what he understood. He could do Apple websites. And so that's where we started. And, and we worked through that process and did that for a couple of years. And honestly, the reason we even did it was so that the goal was eventually we thought we would start looking to franchise Mr. Restore or at least grow it in other locations nationally right. that would give us an opportunity to have a bigger footprint. Yep. And, and as we looked at that, we started going, I mean, and the guys that listen to this podcast are fully aware. I mean, it, it costs you a quarter million dollars in cash just to get started in the restoration space, right? You don't like, you can, you can buy a couple of fans and maybe rent a truck or, or lease a truck and, and kind of jump into it. But if you really want to get after it, yeah. you're going to spend some money yeah. uh, to open up other locations. And so, what we what we realized is I don't have a total package for a franchise. I didn't have all the parts and pieces so that you have this box you could open up and there was this whole franchise model that was ready to go. Right. So if we were going to do that, then we were probably still going to have to fund it um, to open it. 
and we were going to have to put a manager in place that might eventually be able to become an owner of a location and kind of go that direction. And we looked at it and we had this little software program that we'd been building and we had a ton of people asking us where they got it and uh, you know, wh what it was and, and where we got the software and how they could get connected to it. And we used it a lot for marketing in, uh, on jobs. So we would be able to go sure. into a job site. And if, if another, you know, say some franchise was there or another restoration company, they're competing for business. My guys had the ability to put a project into the system in front of the customer and they would get a notification instantly that, Hey, you've been added to this project and we can make little notes. And that created this level of confidence in what we were doing as a restoration company. Yeah. And so some of my competition suddenly wanted to be able to have something. Um, and this was, there, there weren't many products that were out there at that time. And so uh, we had it for ourselves so that we could grow into our restoration space if we wanted and, and do the franchise model, uh, but eventually decided that, you know, hey, this is a solution that could be viable for other companies. What if we looked at this as an opportunity to create a new business and, and provided this solution um, to others because we didn't believe what was out there was providing what we needed as a company. And so we, we started the process of kind of navigating what that looked like. Our developer at the time said, look, I think that's bigger than me. Uh, let's find another developer. I'll help transition to them. Okay. Uh, and then I'll exit out to do something else. Uh, and then suddenly we were off to the races. And it was, you know, let's let's look at this. So our first uh, jump into even showing the software to anybody was uh, in Atlanta at the Experience Conference in April of 2016. That was our first jump into any kind of, you know, possibility of presenting the software to anybody and so we you know we spent 2016 and 2017 basically without really any customer base and and I'm, as i'm sure you're aware like you bring a product to the restoration space they've got to see you around for a while before they're going to jump off and do anything with your product yes they want they want to know that you're going to be around they want to know that the product is solid they want some proof before they're going to be the one that jumps into it yep. and so it takes a little while to kind of get your feet wet in this space uh, from that perspective. That's something that I completely underestimated too, that time that it's going to take to get the confidence of the, of the industry before, before you become kind of a household name and people want, want to use it and ask for it. I, I'm, I think for me, it was like four or five years for me before I yeah. really felt like, okay, no, this is going to work. I mean, it was just, it just took, it takes a, a long time to just, just to gain that confidence. It does. And, and so fully aware of the, the process and problems that it takes. And it, that was weird for me because I'm a restoration guy, right? So, uh, and I've done some other sales, I've played in some other stuff, but as a restoration guy, like you're hiring me today or you're not basically, right? Like there's yeah. not a whole lot of lag time in, Hey, my house is flooded. Who do I decide that I'm going to use? <laughs> right. It's a, it's a pull the trigger or don't pull the trigger. There's no real follow-up so, there. Yeah, the 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 waiting game. Like we would see guys at some of these trade shows and became friends with a lot of, including guys like you, right? Yeah. Um, but some of these guys were restoration guys that, you know, they're like, man, they'd ask questions, they'd see the product, and be like, oh, that's pretty amazing, uh, and they wouldn't pull the trigger, and they wouldn't pull the trigger, and you know, two and a half years later, they're like, hey, uh, can we can we have a demo of that software and see what it looks like, and then they sign up, you know, and and then become a customer and suddenly they're rabid fans of what we're doing. And, but it's, it's a, it's a different space, man. And, and, and maybe other industries are very similar, uh, but this is the one that I know best. Right. And yeah. so you're absolutely right. It takes a little bit of time to have people believe and trust in you uh, that you're going to be around and you're going to be able to provide value to them. Yeah. One, I, one guy just pops into my head. I remember him coming over, coming by the booth and it might've been like the third year. And he, he comes by, you're still here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. St yeah, we're still here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, still here. It's like, oh, good. Well, maybe I want to look at some of that then. Yeah, sure. yeah. Then they come over. Okay, well, let me look at it now. Since you're here for three years, let me look at it now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Dude, so I didn't realize you're Agreed. relatively new into the into the space. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I mean, I had no idea when you got started. It's, but, I mean, you're saying 2016. That's, uh, that's not yeah. that long ago. Yeah, we're... We're four years in right now. And so like we've been insanely fortunate, man, the way things have gone for us and uh, to be able to pick up the client base that we have and, and be able to provide a solution to the space. I, you know, I'm, I'm different in a lot of ways, right? Like I don't, 
I don't do restoration the same way a lot of guys do. And, you know, some of those guys uh, in different groups and, and pieces, but I, you know, I traditionally haven't been involved in the TPA side of things. Okay. Um, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to rail against any of that. And I wanted to be a guy that went out and built my business and, and could prove that I could do things and, and try to do it a different direction. And I think I'm the same way in the software space, but I mean, I'm, I'm adamant about being helpful. Like I want to be serving these people, um, whoever it is, whether it's a restoration client or a restoration company client to provide an insane level of value to them. And in the environment that something isn't exactly what somebody hoped for, or it's not, you know, producing exactly what they need or something isn't working exactly the right, the way they want it that day, like that stuff bothers me. Like I want yeah. it to be perfect. Um, and, and so, you know, I, Yes. I want to be able to provide resources and value to everybody in the space, whether they're a client or not. Like I, like I go to different things and I have, I have people that call me that are not software clients that are going, Hey, let me ask you a question about this in the restoration space. Like, you know, this, how do you guys do this? How does this work inside job docs? Even if they're not a job, maybe they're using a competitor um, uh, product. Yeah. And I'm happy to have those conversations when I've got the bandwidth to do it and help make, the the restoration industry better because ultimately that elevates all of us right Absolutely. And so if we can if we can create an environment where hey you guys understand how to bill more effectively uh, or i can provide you some kind of documentation that says this is how you go argue this um then that that makes them more valuable it makes me more valuable uh as a company on the software side because they see us as an advocate that can help them navigate other things and ultimately, it should help all of us get – it reduces if, – if we all have the same kind of argument and we know how to battle certain things, it helps uh, elevate all of our ability to get paid on on things that are anomalies. Right. And now you ultimately, we all make more. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why – I mean, th that whole that whole thing that you just said right there, I think that's why me and you – kind of kind of have stayed connected over over the years or like you know i always make sure if i'm if i'm walking around the trade show i'm gonna find job docs i'm gonna find clint i'm gonna come say hi to you you know and and, and i think that's why it's just like I, I i know that about you i know that you're i know that you're there to help um and you, you're a guy that gives more than he takes and i've always yeah it, it comes across man i mean it's 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 obvious and and i appreciate you for doing it well i appreciate that man so now Certainly. with, with, uh, so let's talk. Okay. So now I want to know what job docs does. Um, I mean, I have a, a pretty good overall idea, but where, I mean, maybe like three bullets, what's, where does job docs bring the most value? So honestly, the most value in job docs is what we call, um, our automated business process tools. So there, there are a ton of, products out there. There's some good products out there that are a place for you to be able to load photos, um, maybe have a little journal load about the job uh, and maybe get work authorization signed, right? Which we can do all those things. Okay. But what happens is if you're, if you're smaller, if you're below a million dollars a year, mm -hmm. um, then you potentially have the capacity to keep that job, all those jobs in your head and know what's happening with each one of them and navigate it through your digital documentation tool or whatever software you're using, right? But once you start cresting a million dollars, you're, you're between a million and five million a year, it becomes very difficult to move jobs through your processes that you should be using to ensure that you're capturing all of your billing, all of your time, you know, that all the work's being completed effectively, that right. you're creating drying logs and reports and all that stuff. So where job docs really shines is the fact that we customize the software to learn what your processes are, and we create flags and tools that move the job between steps to your next step as a company. So if I had a water mitigation job and uh, I was the technician in the field and I was going to go out and I monitor the job and make sure everything is dry. One, if I pulled the equipment before I put in the appropriate dry readings, it's going to send a flag to my boss, my manager to say, Hey, did you know that Timmy technician actually pulled the equipment before 
uh, he reached a dry standard, you might want to look into that. But let's assume I did it right. It was all dry. We put the, the numbers in correctly uh, and we documented that. And then we pulled equipment off the job. We click a button to say pull equipment. And then that sends a notification to you, Jarrett, because you're now my estimator that's supposed to be making sure that we're billing everything out correctly and it's getting pushed out to the adjuster. So you get a notification. As soon as you do that, then you, you know, you automatically complete this task by loading in this new uh, scope into the system to ensure it's accurate. And then it pushes out to the adjuster. And so we automate as many of those things as we can to remove the human error. So the touch yeah. points become less and you don't have stuff that slips to the cracks. Because if you remember earlier in this conversation, I said, I guarantee you we had a hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff that we never billed for. Yep. And that's too much, man. Like I like that's expensive. So the goal was to be able to to make it so that with the automated business tools that things moved forward efficiently and effectively. And so you know, I could give you some other bullet points, but really for me, that's where we really shine. That's the one. Well, no, um, there's so there's so much right there. I mean, I mean, when you're saving time, uh, you're saving a lot of people's time, but also the the process is getting done faster, more efficiently. Sure. Which means you're going to get paid faster and more efficiently. Sure, dude, that's really you know, cool. And then and then we we do things where like if you're a technician, we want to make it so that as you do your job you have to use the least number of clicks per day to do the activities that you would normally do on a regular basis, which is different than if my admins are sitting in the office trying to collect on jobs, they don't necessarily need the same buttons. So we make it so that each person has the ability to start at a different place where they're supposed to be starting to make their day more efficient. Sure. Um, so, you know, we're trying to make sure stuff's collected from the fringes. We made it really easy, really fluid, uh, really intuitive and, and, you know, then we try to reduce clicks and make sure you get everything through the system correctly. Dude, that's awesome. I need a, I need a job docs for power distribution for manufacturing power distribution. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can talk about it. I'll give you, I'll give you a partition, man, and see if we can make it work to help you do something to um, help. You, out. you know, obviously we're, obviously we're built for the service industry, right? And we're not just restoration. Like we've got some plumbing companies, a couple of little electrical, electrical companies, a few HVAC guys. We even got a couple of paintless repair companies. Okay. Um, that use the system. And we're is... modular, right? So that you can plug and play the pieces you actually need because a paintless net repair company doesn't need to have a drying calculator, right? right. So, right. Well, I'm serious. I definitely want to talk to you about it um, because I, th I know, I mean, for me, it's like you said, you know, you're under a mill, you can keep track of it. What'd you say? You keep track of it in your head. And then once yeah. you get, once you get over a mill, it's a things just, and that's, I, I mean, I'm at, the, I'm at the point where it's like the, the last place you want your information is in my head. You want it. You sure. want it somewhere else. You want it in an email, in a text message, even on on my daily planner. Like you don't want your information stored in my head. That's a bad place. <laughs> sure, sure. No, I, I I can I can agree with that. Right. Like what's funny about it is, um, even when we were building all this out, like I have, you know, I have twenty year old tech savvy technicians, and I've got. 60 year old crotchety construction guys that worked for me. Right. Yeah. And so I, it, for some of the, for some of them, it was difficult initially to get them to buy in on what job box was doing for them and, and sparing them. But like, literally I would have one of my reconstruction managers that uh, I would say, look, man, if you make a journal note uh, on this on a regular basis, you're going to save yourself a ton of time and energy. Uh, and, and he didn't really buy in on it. Right. Like this, oh, you're making me do something and this is difficult, but yeah. he would, not make a journal note and the customer would call us and go, I need to know what's going on in my house and customer being mad about something because they hadn't had an update in a couple of days and they hadn't seen anybody there. And they thought the carpet was supposed to go in on this day and it hasn't. Um, and so then, you know, Jake, my reconstruction guy would have to drive 45 minutes across the Metroplex to have a meeting with somebody for an hour and drive 45 minutes back where if he'd have just made a journal note that said, entry. Hey, the, the carpet mill got delayed and uh, it's going to be in on Wednesday instead of Tuesday. Um, and they would have, the customer would have gotten that notification. It would have solved all of that. Right. So it's amazing how efficient you become just because you, you track and document the, the steps of where you're at and life gets better. And so maybe you can provide some value for you, man. I'm certainly happy to, to, to put you one together and, and see if we can make it work for you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely check it out. I think the other thing too, by, by doing those journal entries, I mean, this is also a log 
that if you needed to, you could go back. Like, well, no, two weeks ago, this this is this is what happened. You know, it's it's a it's a basically a, a living document, but it, use it as a, use it as, as just a log of the job that you can refer to if you ever needed Correct. to. Oh, yeah. So it's Correct. serving yeah, serving a lot of purposes. Well, and and from the restoration space, right? Like we've built in tools that are the communication tools. So. Um, my guys can send text messages straight through job docs to their clients, which provides a lot of um, protection for everybody, right? Where Mrs. Smith's like, well, I haven't heard from anybody. Well, Mrs. Smith, I have documentation right here that you received a text message from us yesterday afternoon at three o'clock that said they were trying to contact you about getting it, you know? So you just have some of those pieces that help, you know, create a little bit of safety measure. And that's been invaluable to us on so many different levels. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, I mean, and that's, and that's something else too, as I mean, as the owner of a company, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I always, I always want everything that happens in my company to happen the way I would do it or the way I want it done. And sure. so many times, I mean, as, as you grow and as you, you can't, you don't, you don't, you don't have your hands on everything. You don't have your eyes on everything. And, uh, you know, for that just to be a quick reference right there to go, oh, yep, this is getting, you know, this is getting done just like we wanted it to. Um, I mean, what a valuable piece, too, for, for the owner to know that, that his company is being, you know, it's being ran and portrayed the way it should. Yeah. And that, man, I'm telling you, like, that's been a beautiful thing for me from the software perspective is, like I grew up in the plumbing air conditioning space, right? With my grandfather having a plumbing company, my dad running the plumbing company, and then uh, ultimately building on an HVAC company associated with it. But my dad is one of those guys that he has to touch every project. Yeah. And if you're in that environment, you're going to stymie your growth because you can't grow where you have to touch everything and have to expect everything to be done exactly the way you want it done. So I've I've had to learn that, right? Yeah. You have, I I had to learn that. Now, what I've realized is my guys have the opportunity to do things maybe slightly differently, as long as we have the right outcome and we get to track that through the system. And I don't have to touch every job because now I can glance at a couple of things in the system and notice whether or not we actually accomplish this, or I can task guys to go, Hey guys, I just need uh, somebody to let me know whether or not we spoke to the adjuster about the ceiling fan that was melted in the living room or whatever, right? Whatever the case may be. Yeah. And and you task the guys on that, and you get a response, and you know without having to actually go physically see it, they load a picture of it as well. They're like, hey, this is what it looks like, and it really does. Like I'm telling you, without the tools that are there, we, there's no way we could do the the volume of work that we do, um, because too many people have to be running around and tracking down emails and tracking down right. receipts and folders and, and understanding what the scope actually was. And like, it, it would just be a mess. Well, yeah, if, well basically if, you're taking all that, that research time out of it, you know, instead of somebody having yeah. to go find, go find a file or find a tech or, you know, wait for a phone call back. I know that's one of my, that's one of the things that drives me crazy is I'm trying to cross off something on my to-do list and I call someone, they don't answer. It's like, okay, yeah, just left them a message. Hopefully they call me, you know, I, with this, yeah, if you can just log in, look at something. Okay, yep, got that's the information needed. Got it, and and move on with your day. Oh, that's well, that's, and, yeah. and and even beyond that, like some of the tools that we built into it to roll into email and or text messages. So literally, I can create a task from my phone that will text my team. They can respond just to the text message and give me the information that texts me back to tell me what the answer is, but then logs it into the system. So it's there for others to see as well uh, and, and be able to validate the information and communication that we just had. But I, they don't have to get into the system. They don't have to stop what they're doing. They can do a simple, quick text message reply and yeah. have all that information validated back to me. I got it's exactly right what I needed. I can see that in terms of other communication with other people as well. Man, it just makes life so much easier. That's and there are, there are products out there that are good that do things similar. I, I think it's just different that you know I am still actively running a restoration company while I'm building the software. So when there's a pain point, I'm able to quickly go and address it with the software team and say, you know what we need to do? We need to be able to do this. And here's why. And show them that I and like explain it. it. Yeah. And then that, that enhances the tools that we've been able to build. You're it's been not super fun, man. It's, uh, I, 
I, I would not recommend anybody doing this because, oh, my God, <laughs> if I knew what all it was going to take, um, I probably – and how much it was going to cost me to do it. You talk about yeah. expensive software. This thing has cost me a fortune, oh, and, and people are getting access to it for you know very little. But I would never recommend anybody do it, but now I'm here. And, and part there. of me, yeah. the way I'm wired, Jared, is I want to – I just want to make sure I can ultimately do it at the end of the day, right? It's, now it's part of can I win or not. Yeah. No, that's cool. So, you, yeah, you don't have to wait for feedback from customers. You're you're the customer. You're getting immediate feedback on on your working your yeah. working software. Yeah, on on what I do and what my team does. Now, the funny thing about it is, there are parts of Job Docs that I never use. Like that's somebody else's role at Mister Restore. They would use it. Okay. Um, they're going to talk about it and tell me what happens. And we have customers that use things that way that you know provide some clarity to us and like. You know, somebody that's been really valuable to us is Jeremy Reed's company, Champion. Like yeah. we're 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 having conversations with them on a regular basis about the way they do things so that we can enhance some tools to make it better for other companies. And so there's some things that they do that I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool. I never thought of it that way. I wouldn't have done it that way, but I do like how you're doing it. And so then we build features out for them according to how they would do things yeah um and so it's been super cool to do that and see and learn about different companies and how they operate and you know why they operate that way and some of it i scratch my head at and some of them like that's amazing you know well, uh, but it's just, just gonna, i was gonna say it's so like you you're able to see some other companies and then have so i mean i'm assuming yes but have you seen something that somebody else is doing you love it and, and now implement it into your own company yeah well we've done a little bit of that like basically through the software side right so okay. it's like somebody we have conversations with them they're like you know it'd be really cool if we could do this and i'm like you know what that's a pretty good idea actually yeah, would be so cool. then we build that into the software and it just automatically becomes part of what we have available to us as mr restore and so it's enhanced what we do yeah uh, at the same time for sure man there's there like you'd be amazed at the the level of knowledge that's in our space there's some really smart cats out there Oh, yeah. uh, that are doing some restoration stuff that have grown some really great businesses that are really doing some really cool things. And it's, it's certainly fun to interact with them and watch um, what they're doing. Oh, absolutely. Well, now I have a question. So I want to go back to, I mean, you're, you're relative, the job docs is relatively new 2016. You're getting it out there. I see you at trade shows, but I'm just kind of curious just for myself, as far as marketing job docs, how are you getting the information to people that you guys, that you guys exist and it's something that, that you can help them with their company? Yeah. So I mean, obviously our, our first venture into that was trade shows, right? Like go to the trade shows, yep. be present, see these guys, you know, there's going to be, you know, a couple hundred people that show up at a, at a trade show, maybe get the list of people you, we would see, I don't know what your experience was, but we would see, you know, on average about 40 people in the booth at a trade show. Yeah. Um, we would, we would reach out, we'd, you know, we'd make contact with probably 10 of them after that, and, you know, but we, we would just keep building these lists and we would, we started creating this email drip campaign where we would send out emails and, you know, that's where it became this long venture of a couple of years before you've got anybody to even bite on what we were doing. Yeah. At, at this point, we've done a couple of things where I've done some stuff with R&R Magazine. I've done a webinar with them. Okay. We've done some stuff with Clean Facts and those guys have you know, and part of the things that we've done, we've gotten lists from them of the people that subscribed to our webinar or clicked on this ad or whatever. And we just right. throw them in the drip campaign. Um, but we've just kind of been slow in growing this because I always want to enhance the product. And now we've got some really cool things in place and we're building out a, a whole training tool with uh, another software company that, that was developed by a friend of mine. To, it's a learning management system that allows us to be able to onboard people really honestly we could honestly do it without touching them at all like we would never have to have contact with them personally we could push a button and they could walk through this journey themselves that's not how we want to do it because we want to still be there and be a resource and hold hands and be available but yeah in some of the things that we've got teed up right now you know you start looking at some franchise models where suddenly you potentially onboard uh, 150 to 200 right. locations you got to have those tools in place right yeah, man, we're excited about where it's going. And so I'm going to look at maybe doing one or two shows a year and see what can happen in the digital space. Um, for us to go to a show, we're spending 10 grand 
yes. right? To do your booth and to do, to get your displays out there and to yep. pay for the electricity, the booth space and your hotels and whatever food you have to have. And all. I mean, you're spending 10 grand to just be at the show. And I looked at it and I said, what can I do with 10 grand? I know. Like what kind of digital marketing can I do that may have, and like what we're talking about earlier, if I, if I saw 40 people and got 10 real good leads, 20 real good leads out of that, that's a pretty high cost to convert. So let's look at some digital space. So we started really kind of vetting out into the digital marketing world and seeing what opportunities were out there. And there are a couple of big software lead generation companies. Um, you know, they build a platform out. A lot of people go look at them for when they're looking for project management solutions and things of that nature. And so we've, we've kind of started playing in that space a little bit. Okay. And then still, still maybe go to one or two shows a year just to still see all of our friends and, and let everyone know we're still out there making it happen, but just trying to be smart about it. And then COVID sure. hit. And so everybody suddenly is having to do something different anyway. Yes. Yeah. That, that changed. I mean, that changed everybody's, everybody's kind of plan. Uh, I know, th- I know for me, well, I guess the, you know, a question for you, um, you know, usually you are doing some shows, you are traveling and now you, now we're not. Uh, I mean, that was always a big, a big focus and a big, you know, a lot of my time was invested in, in figuring out schedules and then traveling and, you know, doing these things. And now I have, I have this free time now that, that I'm not doing. Yeah. What if, uh, where, where have you, like, what have you done to like change your focus for this year? I mean, with all of that stuff, not able to do now, what, now, what are you focusing on? You know, it's, it's funny that you said that, right? So like in your case, you've developed a podcast, right? Um, Luckily. That, I got that gives you some, <laughs> gives you some gives you something to do for us like it's really allowed me to look into certain things um you know opportunities that we had in front of us that that uh we really needed to focus and work on to enhance some of the tools um to look at both the restoration side and the software side about how can we shift our marketing how can we change the story um and, and honestly, just really, it has afforded me time to spend working on the business instead of just in the business, yeah. which I think is a lot of the guys in our space. That's what happens, right? Is we get inundated with what I call the tyranny of the urgent. And so now we got to address whatever is the most urgent thing on our plate. And in the restoration space, you, you don't really get to plan out your day, right? Right. You, you can have really great ideas of what you're going to accomplish and the phone rings and suddenly that's all out the window because now you got to go respond to, you know, a structure fire that is full of water that you need to start navigating with your team. Yeah. And so urgent becomes a priority in our space on a regular basis. And so we've a lot of us have just lived our life reacting to whatever was the most urgent thing and trying to navigate uh, extinguishing those problems as we could. But with COVID, at least for the first couple of months of all of it, I think people were like, there were a lot of things going on. One, people were afraid to have anybody in their home because they didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, and they felt like, you know, they didn't certainly didn't want to take a chance of exposing them to whatever service guy was going to come into the house to, right. you know, potentially cause them to have a virus that was going to kill them. Um, but secondarily, people were home. And so a lot of our business is based off the fact that people are out to go to work. They go pick up their kids and they go to whatever kids activities that they have. And then they come home. Well, lo and behold, water's been running in your house for the last six hours without you knowing it. Right. Um, When everybody's home, if a pipe breaks, you hear it pretty quick and you can do something about it in in a very short period of time. Um, And so I think the perception was that they could get it cleaned up faster and it, it wasn't an issue. And in some cases, it probably wasn't the same level of issue that it would have been had they not been quarantined at home. Sure, the damage so, is minimal. Yeah, you know we 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 certainly pumped the brakes as a restoration company for a little while in terms of activity and in business, and that really afforded a chance to look at some stuff and kind of go, man, we need to streamline this. Well, why are we doing this? Why is this person not accomplishing the task that we need them to accomplish and the method we need them to accomplish? And really kind of weigh some things out and figure some stuff out for growth and new processes in our company and as crazy as it sounds, part of that's been really good. Yeah. You know, I haven't, I, I mean, I asked you the question that I hadn't even really thought about it, but even I mean, with your answer, as far as that, those processes, even inside the company. Yeah. That's you no, know, I've without even thinking about it. That is how I've been spending my time. 
doing that, you know, have, now I, now I have the time to like, I'm looking at stuff and going, wait, why is that over there? Why didn't we, why didn't we send this? Why didn't we, and yeah, changing some things, even in, in my own company, just like you're saying, where you can actually work on the business and not, and not in the business. Right. Yeah. Well, I wanted to go, I, I did want to go back cause you, we talked about the podcast, which we got, I was, I was thinking cause you, you know, and that is one of the things I mean, I consider myself, it was kind of like lucky timing that I launched a podcast January 1st of 2020 and all of the, you know, basically a, a huge portion of my marketing for the year was not able to do because of COVID. But then here's this podcast that, that has been able to, to continue and to get out and brand awareness and add value, you know, do these things where I wish I could say, I, I planned this, I planned this and, and it worked out perfectly. <laughs> I didn't. Um, Your foresight is impeccable, man. Yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> right. Well, I was, it got me thinking the very first episode, you're going to laugh at this. The very first episode I recorded was with Chuck DeWald, uh, in person with Chuck DeWald and Chris Laney. And the last time I saw you was at Chuck's school. Yeah. Yeah. So me and yeah, me and you going back a year, uh, the very first podcast, yeah, like right after I saw you, me and Chuck sat down and recorded the first podcast. Yeah, that's pretty that's interesting. Crazy, yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, um, now, well, then with being at Chuck's school, and you mentioned Jeremy Reitz, another instructor. Um, yeah. How are you, I guess, how, how, how does job docs and instructors, how are they working together? Part of it is I'm, I'm always – uh, inclined to learn information um, from from those guys and the training and, and techniques that they're developing and teaching in regard to because oh, yeah, you have a restoration company uh, too yeah yeah okay you know so it's it's valuable for me to go sit and learn uh, it's also marketing right so we've had a really great relationship with both those guys for a long time and essentially what we're doing is providing as a software company tools that allow these instructors to have something for their students to use, right? So we've got the the sketching tool um, that allows you to mark the areas that you need to be drying and uh, it uses the standards to be able to calculate the amount of equipment that's there if you've sketched it and marked what was wet and, and tracking methods for understanding what your psychrometrics are doing and understanding your moisture contents and things of that nature that allows it to document your drying progressions. And so, um, it's it's a tool um, that restorers can use and these guys can promote in terms of, you know, a value add uh, when somebody goes to their class. It's like, look, hey, we know that you don't want to sit down and sketch this environment, measure all these walls and put all these numbers into a um, calculation to understand exactly what it is that you need to put on this job. But there are tools out here, job docs being one of them, that can do that for you with a minimal amount of effort. It's going to do the calculation for you. Sketch the environment, mark what's wet. You know, we track the inventory they have for drying equipment and it's going to spit out information that says, this is what you need on this job. And and it can be validated, you know, uh, based on the calculations. And so uh, it's just an extra tool for those guys to be able to use. And so we've had really good relationships with both of them um, that, that have allowed us to be promoted uh, by them at some level in in their respective classes. Yeah. Well, and, and so I, I, I get that because they, I mean, both of those guys have a GMS power box that, that we provided for them to use in class. So you're saying like when you go to a class and you're a student in the class, you're, you're using job docs while you're taking the class. Well, not, is not it, necessarily, is it not necessarily every time. Okay. Yeah. It's just, so what, what we've done in a couple of cases is we've been in classes and we've actually run the project through job docs while they're calculating everything out, right? And we're able to show, look, we're spot on. Um, the system, the, the software calculations of what we're doing are spot on to what you would be doing uh, manually. I and I see. can do it at, you know, an insanely more rapid rate. So we show that. But then it's also something for them to be able to point to. Uh, it, it's available, like... Like we've made it available to both of them. If they wanted to, to have their class sit down and actually sketch and run it through um, uh, the system, that yeah. they could they could actually do the drying calculations right there in the system. That's at some level counterproductive to what they're trying to accomplish That's in the class, right? Because, and and honestly, I I don't disagree with that. 
although you could, I could teach somebody how to sketch and mark something wet and the system would calculate and spit out exactly what you needed. If they don't understand fully what they're doing right, and the numbers behind it and why they've gotten to that number, it doesn't have as much value. Now it's, it's somewhat valuable because it would allow somebody to, you know, train just a general laborer, how to effectively dry a structure at some level. But the knowledge behind what you're doing is what those guys are teaching. Yep. And that has an insane level of value to understanding why you're, why you're drying this way, why you're trying to accomplish this, why you need to control the temperature, why the calculation changes based off of the, the class of water, right? Why do you need more fans if there's more water? I mean, that sort of thing. Right. But what we're doing on the software side is having a relationship with these guys so they can say, look, when you leave this class, if you need something that's going to help you do this, here's an option. Check this out. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminds me. So I, I, I took a long range shooting class uh, at the, the Barber Creek Shooting Academy and we went there. It was like a, a three or a four day class. But yeah, like, I mean, we're we get rifles and they teach us about the ballistics and the rounds and and they sit us down behind targets and we shoot out to a thousand yards and we've got a spotter. And, and you know, and we're we're figuring all this stuff out and making these calculations and making these adjustments. And then um, when I go hunt. I take my rangefinder, I push a button, and it says go up eleven. And I'm like, okay, cool. Click, 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 click. Go up eleven. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't sit there and make all the calculations yeah. while while I'm right. hunting. So, no, I push the button on my rangefinder. But you, it tells underst- me what to you do. understand what it's telling you now. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You right. understand exactly why it's doing what it's doing for you, and it makes sense. Yep. So, yep. And that's yeah. And that's absolutely more valuable than if I could just push the button, and that's all I knew how to do. Um, sure. But yeah. So yeah. Similar. I I get that. Well, and that's. I mean, that's one of my, so kind of, kind of transitioning, um, hunting. I just came off of a, of a big trip out to Wyoming in October. It's one of the things that I absolutely love to do. It doesn't usually time well, cause that's hurricane season, but yeah. most of the time I try to get off grid unreachable for, for a certain amount of time. And, uh, and that's something that I just, I love it. I look forward to it. What is, what is Clint doing? What are you doing in Texas or, or traveling to where, where do you, what do you do to just, uh, just to unload, just to get off, get away from everything? Yeah, yeah sure. So um, I'm wired so that my, my favorite thing to do for me personally is to go snow skiing. Okay. I used to like to go hunt uh, at some level, but I was primarily more bow than anything. Yep. Um, because for me, so with everything that I have going on, in order for me to, to actually get rest, I have to shut my brain off. So if I'm sitting in a tree stand, I've got a ton of time to just sit there and think. Okay. If I go on the golf course, there's a whole lot of time of me just sitting there, riding in the cart, thinking about the golf swing, <clears throat> whatever the case may be, and all the other things that I should be doing instead of just being there. And so I'm never really present there, if that makes sense. Yes. So for me to turn my brain off, it requires an activity or an action that where if I'm not focused on that activity, it could kill me. So I love snow skiing. Um, I like mountain biking. Uh, Most of my time, most of my free time now is spent, you know, I got three kids, so it's their activities that suddenly dominate everything. (laughs) So, you know, I've got a, I got a daughter that dances um, pretty competitively. She's young, but she dances pretty competitively. So she has, dance class every freaking day almost for a couple hours a day my 12 year old son plays plays travel hockey so like fun we were just in green bay this last weekend we were in green bay for a tournament up there um and so i traveled the country quite a bit with him like yeah you know so in the middle of a pandemic i'm in green bay playing hockey with my 12 year old Uh, i've been to new hampshire a couple of times in the middle of pandemic boston um so like we've still traveled in all of that so Free time for me, if I get to choose what I'm doing, um, most of it's going to be either snow skiing or mountain biking because those two activities are are enjoyable for me. But the majority of the time that I have available is is going to be focused on hockey, dance, whatever may happen. You know, my little guy just turned five last week, so he's not into a ton yet, does a little bit of soccer, and mostly just wants to play, right? So that's what we do. Yeah. is we find free time by doing those things. And, you know, if there's a chance to get away, we get away. 
Well, that's great that you're able to do that. I know I was I was able to kind of do that same thing. I mean, being being a business owner, I can decide how how many days I take off or what's priority. And uh, my son played he played in a travel football league, and I mean, yeah, we were we were all over. The, I mean, we would jump in planes and go play football, like you're talking about with hockey. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Oh, it was so much. I mean, I was just, I was so grateful, you know, for, for, to have the job in the company that I did, that I was able to, to spend all of those times traveling. I know there's a lot of kids, you know, would show up and they wouldn't have anybody there watching. I mean, most, most kids, right. Everybody's, everybody has yeah. jobs and they're working. Um, yeah, yeah for to sure. be fortunate enough to be able to do that. I mean, I, I, I just loved it. It was, it was great. Now, how old's your oldest? My oldest is 12. 12. Oh my so I have gosh. 12, 12 year old son, eight year old daughter, and now a five year old son. Oh, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Um, my son, my son's 18. He just graduated. Uh, he's, he's got an apartment with a buddy. He's working for a heating and air company. Um, so he's, he's doing fine, but, yeah. but it's also like, well, now I'm, now I'm sitting over here like, well, what am I going to do? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> Sure. I'm not. I'm you not know, following funny. Carson around, watching him do stuff. What am I going to do yeah. now? Yeah, it's funny that I like. So my brother is a couple of years older than I am, and all of his kids are out of the house now, right? Like, okay. so his youngest just turned 18. Uh, his oldest is 25, I think, at this point. Okay. And and I look at it and I'm like, oh my god, I've got a five year old. Like, I'm going to be freaking ancient when this dude gets out of high school. <laughs> But, you know, and so I'm like, I don't know if I did it right or did it wrong, right? I, I certainly did it differently because I waited a while before I had kids. And hopefully hopefully it keeps me young, right? That's what they say is supposed to happen. I, Chasing them around is going to keep me young. Yeah. So, I hope yeah, you're, right. you're jealous that I still have little ones to run around with. And I'm jealous going, dang, man, I wish I was done with my kids in the house. I could be <laughs> just doing whatever I wanted to do. Well, hey, uh, kind of wrapping this up. I First, I appreciate the time. I mean – Clint, it's, I mean, it's always good to talk to you, but then, you know, for you to give me some time and actually, you know, do the podcast, I appreciate it. Thank you. No, thank you. Kind of last question. Moving forward, we're almost at the end of 2020, going into 2021. Do you have any kind of, and this could be personal business, I don't care, anything, any kind of, uh, kind of goals or things that, uh, that maybe we didn't get to do in 2020 because of COVID, but hopefully in 2021, you know, this is, this is what, what you want to do. You know, I don't know that I have any necessarily personal goals, right? Like um, that of things that I want to accomplish. I'm, I'm a, you know, I, I'm constantly wanting to drive and push and try to accomplish new things. But I'm excited about what 2021 brings and a couple of opportunities that are in front of us, both as a restoration company and a software company. So I'm, I'm looking for some growth and some expansion. I want to be able to, you know, develop some things out a little bit more. And so I think. You know, like, honestly, I think we're going to double revenue on both companies um, this next oh, wow. year. That's and, big. and and that would be great, right? If we can yeah. double revenue on both companies, then that's going to be spectacular. And so I think it's happening just based on some of the things that we're working on and some initiatives, you know, so Very we'll see. Cool. I'll keep you posted. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. I hope, I hope you triple. So yeah. I hope. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. No, Thanks. I mean, it sounds like, dude, I, I love, I love getting to hear about the product and, and hear about, you know, what it does. Oh, and I said, I know I said I had one last question. Now I have one more question. Right. And then this will be the last one. If anybody, if anybody wanted to check out job docs, how is there like a demo? Is there something they log into? Do they just call you? Yeah. How, how does, how does somebody, they're like, I want to learn more about this. What do they do? Any of those things are available. I'm happy to give our phone number. Um, So the, the job box phone number is 888-983-9834. Uh, it rings to myself and several others. Um, I'll give you my cell phone number, 972-795-2415. I'm happy to field any calls. Uh, any of you guys that are listening to the podcast and you just have questions about the restoration space or mountain biking or hockey, I don't care, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm happy it. to field those calls and, and have conversations and see if I can be valuable to you. Uh, so I'm happy to do that. Um, the best way really is to to make the connection with the software side is – to go to our website, which is job, J-O-B dash D-O-X.com. So job dash docs.com. And you can peruse the website and see a few things that are there. There's a button to start a free trial. So you can literally kick on your own partition for free uh, and use, you know, 
uh, a limited amount of the tools that are available to us and kind of see how it functions and works. Okay. We'll reach out and maybe set up a demo with you, answer any questions, see if we can be a fit. If we're a fit, spectacular. If we're not, no harm, no foul. You know, we 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 want to be valuable to you. So yeah. we're we're one of the, like we don't we don't do any contracts. Uh, you don't contract with us if you you're month to month. If you don't think that we're providing an insane level of value, we don't feel like we should be forcing you into a relationship with us for the next however many months. I like that. Um, so you know, you you come in, you check it out, see if we're a fit, see if we answer questions. If so, let's see if we can you know work together for years to come. Dude, awesome. And I'll add all that information into the the show notes or show description when I, awesome. when I put this out. So yeah, they'll have that too. Clint, thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Always good talking to you, bud. Uh, for sure. You too, man. And, and thanks so much for having me. Uh, excited to be here. If you, if you need to fill some space sometime in the future, let me know. I'm happy to jump back on and, and chat about other things. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, no, that's yeah. No, I'll take, I'll take you up on that. We'll definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> right on brother. All right. We'll I'll talk, talk to you soon. again soon. All right.